You were never out of the fight. You were created for a time such as this. And you are now preparing to be sent into battle. God is calling you to be his disciple, to be formed in virtue and holiness. He has appointed you as an ambassador of his kingdom. To go and represent him to his people. And he's enlisted you as a soldier of Christ. To be sent out to fight for the good in this world. You were not made to make excuses. time for you to take extreme ownership for your life, for all of your life. It's time to rise up and finally be the man or woman you were created to be. Follow God. Lead others. And never surrender. It is time to begin seeking excellence. What is going on, everybody? This is your boy, Nathan Crankfield, the host of Seeking Excellence Podcast. Really excited today to, that I have joining me my new friend, Kelly Guest. Kelly, how are you? I'm doing great, but I feel like I'm an old friend. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we, we have gone back and forth you know, for a while now. So yeah. Uh, yeah, fun, very fun and excited to have this conversation with you to share your new book that's come out, Saintly Moms. So really excited to share this with the world. Uh, I think just a tremendous gift that you you created this and man, what a blessing it's going to be to so many, especially young moms, I think, you know, to have these role models and saints, especially for so many of us who didn't have, and obviously not us, me as being a woman, but for many young Catholics, especially, I think who we didn't have uh, incredible role models growing up, you know, many have, many haven't. So yeah, thank you so much for the many hours of work that I know went into this. Uh, it, it was my pleasure and, and a dream come true. I, yeah. I know um, when I was a young mom and I had three children in three years and a day <laughs> apart, um, I, I was in over my head and I was, I was um, on the point of, uh, well, depression probably. Wow. And I, I actually, before I have nine children now, but before then I was actually part of Nashville Dominican Sisters. And, oh, wow. And, part of our routine every day, we would spend a half hour in spiritual reading. And I loved reading about the saints. I found a lot of encouragement and inspiration from them. So when I was in over my head with motherhood, with three young children, three years and baby, um, and one in between, I, um, I started seeking out mommy saints and seeing, okay, I can do this. You know, <laughs> this is what I need to do. And so, um, yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, I started taking notes, and and I said one day when all my kids were growing, I want to sit and write this book, and uh, God allowed that to happen even before they all were growing. I was uh, still homeschooling for my kids when the opportunity came to write this book, and I said, wow. Lord, you're going to have to help me with this. Yeah, and and He did, and uh, and our Sunday visitor, I, I thank them for letting this dream come true. Yeah, that's so amazing. Yeah, so cool. I mean, obviously to go from the, you know, Dominican sisters into, you know, a mother of nine is, is a pretty crazy yeah. story. It is a crazy story. I, I remember, um, you know, my last year under vows. So I made vows for three years. And so I started having the desire to get married. And I remember praying to our Lord saying, just 
let me know what you want me to do. I'll do whatever you ask. And I laugh at myself now. I'm thinking, okay, if he would have answered that prayer way back then and said, okay, you're going to go home and you're going to meet your future husband. He's not even going to be Catholic and you're going to meet him in a bar, but you're going to fall in love <laughs> and you're going to have nine children together. And I've been, wait, wait, how many? Nine children together. And, and I'll be like, okay, never mind. I'm just staying right here. <laughs> I'm gonna, but yeah. you know, he, he doesn't let us know because we don't have the graces. I didn't have the graces to be a mom of nine then, you know, he, right. As, yeah. As he's, as he gives us more and more, he sends us the graces to do that. So yeah. Um, yeah eventually I, become a mom of nine. So I never thought that would have happened, but um, God has blessed me with that. So, and um, of all the things that I have done in my life, being a mom of nine is my, my most prized. Um, I don't want to say possession, of course, but you know, the thing that I'm most proud of. Yeah. Kids. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. That's amazing. That's what an amazing, what an amazing feat. And I'm sure there are nine great kids yeah. if I had to guess. Uh, so that's even, you know, even bigger yeah. accomplishment than having them. Yeah. Most days. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> so there's times where you question it. That's so funny. But yeah. I love, I love the book too, because I, I talk so much about, uh, you know, I thought about this in college a lot where I would, you know, playing basketball, like I would study a lot of, you know, NBA players and college players. And like you watch film, right. Of people who are a lot better than you, who have done it before, who have succeeded. Same thing goes with the military. You read a lot of military books and you read a lot of, you know, military history to kind of understand what commanders and battlefield commanders were thinking and what they were doing. And I'm like, why don't we don't do that enough with the saints, you know, to kind of pick people who are kind of, you know, in our same lane in a certain sense, you know, have our same vocation and things like that. And it can be difficult, I think, frankly, to find uh, lay saints a lot of times, you know, like if you're like, I, I obviously like there's plenty of challenges that come with religious life and the priesthood, but they do have a plethora of saints to choose from when it comes to, to saints and religious or priests and religious, you know, and That's so, so right. cool that you compiled. Yeah. yeah this list of, of lay women. Exactly why. Exactly why. Because I was like, surely there are some mothers out there who have gone through this and not only survived, but actually thrived. So yeah, yeah. I start seeking them out because I needed their help. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I, I think about it all the time and I've really come close. I've been praying about it a lot and really like wanted to be led to, you know, a lay male saint. And just like in the last like three to five months, I've been really drawn to St. Thomas More. And so, oh, yeah, I've really saint. been growing yeah. close to him. Yeah. And especially just like, you know, in the podcast, a lot of things I talk about, try to get very bold and, you know, take the bold stances for, and try to defend right. the truth a lot. So he's been, uh, yeah, a huge blessing. And obviously being a lawyer, he's very, you know, critical thinking and philosophical and stuff too. So oh, you found a great patron in him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So it's been a lot of fun. So I've been, you know, invoking his intercession a lot, especially when podcasting and things like that. But um, yeah, so that's so awesome. So I'm, I'm really excited to talk about it. Uh, first, I mean, if you want to tell us anything more about, you know, I'd love to hear like what, uh, you know, went into the book. So obviously you, you talked a little bit about, you know, your journey of, of motherhood, obviously you were, you know, getting after right away with, with having <laughs> many kids, you know, in, in a short period of time. Um, but then actually like kind of once you shifted, you had been thinking about, it, I'm sure and praying about it for so long, but what were kind of the practical coming together of, of actually putting the book together? Well, um, I actually kind of fished it out to other publishing companies um, back when I only had like six kids. Oh, really? <laughs> and um, and before six. I was <laughs> only six <laughs> and, and just starting off on, on um, homeschooling. I homeschooled until high school and then I send them off to high school. Oh, but, gotcha. um, okay. So, and, and nobody was taking it, right? So I actually reached out to Lisa Hendy 
who is, um, she wrote a book called, um, the Catholic mom, right? Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. right. Catholic mom is her thing. And I said, um, you know, I had this book that I want to get published and, and I just keep getting rejections. And do you have any suggestion? And she, um, she invited me to write for Catholic mom. So I blogged for Catholic mom. She said, oh, in cool. doing that, you develop your platform, you get known, you hone your writing skills. And yeah. so I have been doing that since 2013. Wow. Um, and then I mean, I really just thought, okay, the book is just going to wait until, because I hadn't started writing it. It's just an idea. And right. and I had all the notes, but so I, I just have to wait because now I'm homeschooling, you know, seven of my nine kids and yeah. it just is a little bit much. So um, I get an email from the editor, Catholic Mom, saying, our Sunday visitors looking for book ideas. And meanwhile, I'm on vacation and I never check my emails on vacation. But for whatever reason, I check my emails. And um, after doing my morning prayers out on the, the deck, you know, get some of that fresh sea air. And as I said to the Lord, I was like, no, obviously, this isn't meant for me. This is not a good time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, I have, yeah. I have, um, well, I have six kids. I'm homeschooling. Um, Lord, really? So I put, uh, I thought, well, what I'm going to do is answer the email. If it's your will, Lord, you'll help me through this. If not, then they'll say no, like I've been told before, and that's okay. The time will come. I'll wait on your timing. Well, I send in the pro uh, proposal, and they came back with a resounding, yes, yes, yes. This is mm -hmm. a great idea. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what did I get into? <laughs> and so um it was summertime. So I started I thinking, okay, I can do this. I can write this book in the last month and a half. <laughs> the next six yeah. Weeks. yeah that, that <laughs> did not happen. <laughs> wasn't going down. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, apparently writing is a little bit harder when I actually put it on paper than when it's running around in my head. Sure. <laughs> so, and um, the neat thing was um, the homeschool kids, I would often give them um, the assignment. So in the very um, first and beginning of the chapters, I have like what I call fast facts. So like um, right. when, they, when they lived and what their patron saint of, and then how many children their head have and what their children's names are. So I would give that as assignment, religion assignment to my homeschooled kids. <laughs> so I would make them for, for religion today. You have St. Gianna Mola and you have St. Right. So it was a team effort. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's yeah awesome. so my kids helped me uh, a good bit. And yeah, yeah I, I stayed up a lot of nights late. My poor husband went to bed without me, but um a yeah. good form of birth control. So <laughs> <That's> <laughs> the book, you know? yeah, but, for uh, real. Yeah, I got it done in time and uh yeah. And and then COVID hit and it got delayed another year and but it it came out when God wanted it to come out. So right. Yeah. yeah, it's so beautiful. Yeah, I mean what a journey. And I I'm interested, you know, we're on the verge uh, of getting married here. Um, yes. you know, I think we're like 43 days away or something like that now. Yeah. Um, which is really exciting. That it's, is exciting. That's, yeah. That is it's, close. <laughs> it's very, very, very close. Yeah. And I'm working, yeah. I'm hoping to finish my first book this year. I'm, I got like a 60, 50 to 60,000 word goal I'm trying to hit. And so, um, I think I'm like 18,000 words in. And so, um, yeah, really after this week of podcasting, going to start turning more into writing. And I'm like, it's going to be interesting, you know, in the marriage of like, when do you make the time for, for writing and podcasting and things like that? So yeah. we're going to figure that out. Do not out make ourselves. Emily go to bed without you. Not yeah, no, that's sure. not the plan. Definitely. Yeah, <laughs> no. definitely not early on. Uh, for yeah. sure not. For sure not. I think she's, she's definitely a, a slower 
um, you know, just from staying like at her parents' house and stuff. Like I've seen that she's like slower in the morning. Like I know she's slower in the morning until so I can get up a little earlier. I think early, the early mornings are going to be my time. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> and I work from home too. Your mornings. Helps. Yep. Perfect. Yeah. You got it. You got it. Exactly. Yeah. Praise the Lord. That's awesome, though. No, such a cool story. And obviously just beautiful to see how God works and, you know, connecting the dots and connecting us with people, you know, the way the opportunities and stuff come up. I think that's really cool. Yeah. And such a beautiful story, too, to hear about how God prepared you through the Catholic mom blogging. You know, I think a lot of people underestimate that and undervalue uh, just like the the next yes, you know, like these simple kind of like next yeses that we have to give. And then God opens the door to like the next thing, you know. Yeah, he says um, in in Proverbs, your word is a lamp to my feet, which mm. was real important to me when I was in the convent struggling. Um, but I see the wisdom in that because it's just the next step. He just shows us the next step. You know, we just have to yeah. trust that he'll let those dreams come true. We just take the next step and, and eventually he'll lead us to our heart's desire. That's but, right. Yeah. So, yeah, lamp to my feet. That's such that's such good imagery because you can imagine, you know, like uh, you only really see in movies and stuff, right? Like not many of us are walking at night with lamps, but right. um, you know, if you think about like, yeah, there's not it's not mm-hmm. the same as car headlights, you know, like we no. want the the high beams <laughs> yes. you can see for a mile and a half. And it's like heck, no, I man. want like the the big screen movie theater, like I right. want to see it all, you know. Yeah, <laughs> just exactly. see. But uh nope, he just gives us enough Couple light steps. to see the next step. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is awesome. That's great. So I love what you did you know in preparing for this and breaking down into the different uh different pillars Pillars. so you kind of you kind of picked this up yeah you picked this out some uh some uh you know pages saint of the the seeking access seven pillars now i feel like i gotta do this with male saints too this would be pretty (laughs) awesome to have so um yeah so really excited so let's go through some of these and you want to explain uh you know why you think they kind of fit to each pillar and kind of give a little bit of the the story of each saint that would be great so we can start with the the mental pillar there was saint jane francis Okay, so St. Jane Francis actually suffered from depression. Um, her mm. husband was accidentally killed in a hunting accident. His friend, his own friend, accidentally shot him. And wow. uh, he's, he suffered for several days before for dying. And he implored his wife to forgive his friend, and she just she just couldn't. And she, she had young children at the time of his death, and she just had a very hard time dealing with it. And I, I think... How she did eventually rise above her depression is a great model for us to follow mm. for mental health. So first of all, she prayed. And even when she was not feeling anything, when it was dark night of the soul, um, when she was receiving no consolation from God, when she was mad at him, you know, mm. for taking her husband, she um, she continued to pray. She did not abandon God or, or, or prayer. Okay. The other thing she did was um, charitable works. She would, mm-hmm. and I think this is so important because first of all, doing something nice for someone else makes us feel better. It always makes you feel good to do something for someone else. It gets you out of your own head, thinking about yourself, right. feeling sorry for yourself when you can go do something for someone else. So, um, and then the other thing is she talked to someone, someone that she trusted, someone who she um respected enough that happened to be saint francis de sales was her spiritual director so how great is that to be able to have a saint for a spiritual director but you know when she was feeling down she 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 told him she she told him the struggle she was having with forgiveness and um with her depression and she listened to his advice and um eventually she was able to to overcome that depression and went on with saint francis de, de sales to found a whole order of religious sisters called the Visitation Sisters, so um, who actually took over Mount Sales 
um, before the Dominicans came along. So I have a little bit of history with those sisters, um, those nuns. Um, But, you know, it it was baby steps for her um, because St. Francis de Sales said, you know what? The first thing you need to do to get over this depression is forgive. Your husband is right. You have to forgive his friend. And so um, it started off with, I mean, when she would see him, she would totally avoid him. Like she would go the other direction. So it started off with just being able to pass him in the street, you know, mm. and then pass him and just say hi, nod to him, say hi, until finally she was able to have a conversation, invite him over to the house where she verbalized her forgiveness and ends up becoming the godmother to his son. Wow, son. really? So, so, but not until she was able to forgive him. Did yeah. she really, was she really able to be in a healthy place mentally? Um, but it, it took baby steps and it took prayer. And so I think yeah. she's a great um, role model for us um, when we are feeling mentally not in a good place to ask her to help us with our baby steps to, to get to some place that's better than we are, where we are now. For sure. Dang, that's such a cool story. Yeah, I'm excited because I feel like, you know, I was looking at the list. Obviously, there's one that I do know a lot about, but I was like the others, you know, many, I don't know their story. So, uh, yeah, state stories are always so fun, but yeah. really interesting to hear that. And I think, yeah, how, who among us cannot relate to, you know, the need to just kind of take the step by step and the incremental progress. You know, I talk a lot about this kind of like microwave and like rushed mentality that we have in our world today. And uh, I think you see that especially a lot of times with mental health. And it's understandable because like men, like when your mental health is bad, right? If you're suffering from depression, anxiety, you want it to end right away. Just like if you're sick, right? If you like, if you remember last time you were really physically sick, I remember having COVID in October and I was like, man, I just want to feel better, you know? And uh, you're willing to do a lot of things to kind of get that rapid healing. And uh, it's hard to recognize, you know, and especially like accepting that we have a loving God who allows us to suffer. Uh, to, to be willing to kind of take that patient, you know, step-by-step approach yeah. is really beautiful. It is it, and necessary. We have to yeah. be patient with ourselves. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's so cool. And then I love what you mentioned too, about the acts of charity and how much that can bring you out of yourself, because I, I often encourage that as well. You know, I love, um, the four signs of a dynamic Catholic by Matthew Kelly was one yes. of my first like, uh, Catholic books that I really, really loved as a young adult. And the four signs he gives are prayer, study, generosity, and evangelization. And in generosity, he really breaks it down to not just mean financial generosity, which is obviously important and central to our faith, but also generosity with your time, your, your talents, you know, your, um, your virtue, like all these different things. And so it's really cool to see the link between that too, you know, and, and how that can improve your mental health. Absolutely. In honesty, Nathan, I'll, I'll share with you, my, my daughter suffered from severe depression and anxiety her senior year in high school and uh, mm. praise the lord we were able to foil a plan actually two plans twice of um where she wanted to to kill herself um wow. one time she really was got it all together and was ready to do it and a guardian angel you know had me go to be in the right place at the right time but um w- when she was struggling with this in school and often in the nurse's office because she just couldn't do do it anymore she couldn't sit in class anymore mm. um assistant principal noticed that my daughter was in the nurse's office often. So what he did was hook her up with the autism program at the school, at the high school. And so in the morning when she didn't feel like getting up and I literally would have to kick her out of bed, it became, instead of that struggle, just saying, hey, Mary, Joey's waiting for you. Like, if you're not there, he will uh, will be off the whole day. You need to get up and go help with Joey. So she 
That's exactly what she did. It got her up out of bed and motivated her. And she would often come home with a story of something funny that happened with her and Joey that day or something. And I mean, it gave her something um, outside of herself so that she could have something to live for almost. Right. So it is really important to, to spend ourselves helping others. It really is. It's really healthy for us mentally, emotionally. Oh, for sure. Yeah. To live outside yourself. I think you really see it, it, it's, it's no coincidence, you know, that in our world today, there's this huge parallel between the increase in selfishness, you know, the, the decrease in openness to life, you know, for a marriage, decrease in willingness to get married in the first place. Then yeah. if people even do get married, a decrease of taking that actually seriously is like a lifelong bond and commitment. And then you have the, the resulting decrease in openness to life and having children. Um, and just this like selfishness that's increased constantly throughout that that also parallels the increase in, in mental health th- disorders, you know, and people being unhappy and unfulfilled in their lives. And, you know, I've been reflecting on it a lot just ever since I got my dog of just like how much she like <laughs> pulls me out of myself and how happy that makes me in ways that you don't think about, because obviously it's fun to play with her. It's fun to cuddle with her. Right. It's fun to like get her worked up. I love watching like attack Emily, you know, and, and lick her face and stuff. I think it's hilarious because uh, Emily doesn't know what to do. And uh, all of that's really fun, but the deeper sense of like passion and it gives me, and this is just a dog, you know, like I know that that's why I love the podcast. Right. And I take time out of, you know, to wake up early and to, to write books or write blogs that you get, you know, even just one person that gives you that feedback that it was worth it. It's like, that's why we do these things to help people is obviously helping other people and and human beings and raising children. Like it's the most fulfilling work you can do because it takes you outside yourself and you get to actually realize kind of like the allegory of the cave that, you know, Socrates gives us where it's like just this oxymoron to think that the thing that you're most afraid of, or that seems most uncomfortable is actually what leads to the most fulfilling experiences in life, you know? Amen. And you've you got are wise beyond your years. I tell you what, <laughs> you. just because I talk a lot, I think talk and think a lot, <laughs> and, and then it. listen to a lot of things too. Yeah, yeah no, I appreciate that though. Um, awesome. So let's talk about um, Margaret Bosco. So you had her down for the emotional pillar. Emotional. So um, venerable Margaret Bosco is um, Saint John Bosco's mom. So she ended up mm. raising three boys on her own because her husband died when John was still young. You know, and so. First of all, that's enough to make you emotional. Raising three boys. Yeah. <laughs> so, what's your What's your breakdown of your nine? I have five and four, so I have five girls and four boys. And, okay. And wow. I, I will admit, boys physically are exhausting, but the girls mentally are exhausting. That's, yeah. <laughs> I was just I was just getting entering into a, a long debate on a post today with some Catholic women about like boys. It was a whole thing, and I <laughs> you know my podcast about it later, but the interesting thing was they were talking about uh, mothers of young boys were talking about like who said boys were easier. And I'm like, wait till they're teenagers, <laughs> you know, like, exactly. like as they get old, like sure, maybe young girls, cause they're like a little bit less crazy, you know, and like, less, yeah, uh, eager to, to harm themselves. Um, but I'm like, <laughs> I I've been around teenage boys and girls. So like, I know that, uh, yeah. yeah the mental emotional exhaustion. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's uh, wears you out, but nonetheless, <laughs> Ma- Margaret survived raising three boys pretty much on her own. Awesome. And she's finally at a point where, um, the two oldest are married and have kids. And John is a, a priest. She, she worked real hard to, to be able to afford him going through the seminary. And uh, mm-hmm. and she's at the point in her life where she should be able to enjoy the fruits of grandmom, being a grandmom. Uh, when John Bosco gets really ill and has to come back home to be nursed back to health. And before he goes back to the city, 
he asked her to come with him because he has started an oratory for the poor boys and orphan boys of the city. Um, and he knows that they need a mom's touch. Yeah. And so she, he managed to talk her into going back. And now instead of raising three boys, she's got a whole, whole big house full of boys. Wow. And after several years of doing this, she is exhausted. And she sits down with him one evening after they finally get all the boys quieted in bed and says, I can't do this anymore. I, I'm, I'm old. I'm tired. Right. <laughs> I just, I, I, just, I want to go back to the country and live out the rest of my life. And John is just sitting there nodding his head. And when she's finished, she looks up at the wall. And so she turns and looks to see what he's looking at. He's looking at the crucifix. Mm. And she realizes that her work isn't done yet. And that she is called to, to suffer a little bit longer with our Lord, right? But I, I love this about that. John also recognized um, that his mom needed a timeout. Sometimes mommies need timeout. Sometimes we all need timeout, right? Yeah. And so from that point on, he arranges so that his mom can have trips back home to the country. You know, wow. sometimes they'll take one or two of the boys who have been especially good and done something as a reward to take a little field trip to the country. And sometimes he would go back just with her. You know, but right. it's important sometimes for our emotional well-beings just to, to take time out, you know, and yeah. I think especially um, let me say this to you. Once you're married, don't stop dating Emily. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's still very important. Even when children come along and you might not be able to afford it, let grandma watch the baby, go hold her hand and take a walk around the block. You know, it's mm -hmm. just really important to have time out for ourselves to to support our emotional well-being. Yeah. So, Absolutely. Yeah. You got to take those timeouts. I know uh, Sarah Swafford used to always tell Emily she would take like, I think she called them like holy smoke breaks <laughs> or she would go out to her car or something like that. And just be like, I just need five minutes, you know, and just kind of escape, go yeah. get the mail, you know, and take a few extra minutes <laughs> by herself. Um, yeah. Cause you do, you do need that break. And I, I think it's interesting to think about her as this, or, or as a uh, Margaret Bosco I'm talking about um, in this house, especially full of boys, uh, you know, who are off the streets. Like, I mean, I think she must've been a great example. I would imagine of this balance of like kindness and toughness, you know, because I think so often in, in the Christian world in general, we talk about this a lot with men of like this nice guy mentality and this like Christian, nice guy. And, and I really despise it. And I really despise like this nicest that basically, um, you know, is emasculating and, and really just, you know, uh, I think destroys masculinity in a lot of ways versus kindness and, uh, virtue. But I think the same thing can happen with women. You know, I think there can be this kind of like niceness where you you forget the the fierceness of uh, Mary, who you know makes the the demons tremble, or you forget the fierceness of Saint Joan of Arc, or even somebody that you know we don't think about very often, like Margaret Bosco. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, if to be in the house for the boys, to be the mother figure of you know 10, 20, however many boys yeah. it was that were off the street, yeah. uh, she couldn't have only been this like quiet, you know uh simple woman like she had right. to have some some pretty serious strength to her, <laughs> Absolutely. you know i mean mothers are nurturing and but you're right, right a lot of times that has that connotation of being just really kind and sweet and all that but do not mess with mama bear you know what I mean? right like, yeah you can get her i i do not advocate for myself very well but you'd better not mess with my kids you know? right. so <laughs> you there's know. that part of a mom so. that's so funny yeah i think that's such a good point i think that's so common uh I think that's, that can be a common pitfall for many women too, where it's like, 
there can be this uh, willingness to, um, you know, let people walk all over them or to be too, you know, I won't say too forgiving, something you can over forgive, but to allow themselves to be mistreated more than they ought to. And I've seen, and the beauty of, of kind of finding that balance is, I think what, what blurs for a lot of women, this is kind of off topic, but I just thought of it and wanted to share it. <laughs> what I think blurs for a lot of women is they don't, they don't recognize how much sometimes when they allow mistreatment to themselves, they can, that can still bleed over into their marriage, into their motherhood, into some of these other places, whether that be in the workplace, whether that be with friends or family members, you know, like when you allow yourself to be mistreated without having like, I'm talking healthy boundaries, right? Like not not taking crap from anybody, but like having healthy boundaries that you honor and respect for yourself. Um, it really does bleed over into these other relationships, and these other realms, you know what I mean? Um, so I think it's such a beautiful thing to pray with and pray about uh, because sometimes it can seem so like self-sacrificing to be like, no, I'll just like, you know, not have boundaries and let people walk all over me. But it's like, that's not always best. It's not always best for that person who's doing you wrong, but also it, it's almost impossible to totally compartmentalize you know, and, and be still be the best mother and, and wife that you can be. And same thing goes for men too, where if you're letting that happen to you at work, that you, it's almost impossible to come home and be a five-star dad. If you're letting people treat you like crap all day at work, or you're not passionate about your job or you're doing stuff, you know, where you're letting people, uh, yeah, just ruin you, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, our Lord says, love others as you love yourself. Well, that implies that you have to love yourself first mm -hmm. and then loving yourself. You got to know who you are and you do have to put those boundaries right yeah yeah it's so important that's great and so obviously physical you've got the the, the greatest the one the only uh, but i'll let you talk about her so obviously yeah the greatest saint of all uh our lady mother mary and uh so when i was thinking of your physical pillar i'm thinking wow I mean, like, it's just not talked about. We, you know, I mean, St. Gianna Mola, she liked hiking and skiing and all that. So I considered her, but now I thought, you know what? Now, I, the Blessed Mother has her, you know, beat by, I don't even know how many miles because she walked newly pregnant from Nazareth to the hillside of Judea yeah. to visit her cousin. And then at nine months pregnant, walked from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Now, I know we picture her a lot of times on a donkey, but believe me, I've been pregnant eight times because God blessed me with twins. So um, oh, nice. <laughs> I, I would rather walk than ride a donkey at eight months, nine months pregnant, you know? Wow. I, yeah. Um, it's just so very, I'm sure at, at the time when she was tired and couldn't walk anymore, then she probably did get on that donkey, but I bet you she walked a lot of that, that journey. Right. And so, so I, I have no doubt that mother Mary had no problem getting in her 10,000 steps. <laughs> 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 so um but and also women, just, i feel like just back then i mean like right. even just like go get water you know what i mean exactly. like was a, there, was a feat yes i mean their daily chores and all required yeah. a lot of physical activity whereas nowadays where we we have a lot of jobs that are sedentary you sit a lot yeah. you know uh, i mean i'm blessed to be youth minister so i'm out playing volleyball and oh nice and tubing and stuff with them but but that's maybe you know once or twice a month or something so for the most part, I'm sitting. <laughs> and yeah. so, um, so we had to be more deliberate about our exercise. But the thing is, is that, um, I mean, we can do things like park farther away, stop riding around the parking lot, looking for that close <laughs> parking space, yes. go ahead and park far away and, and take that walk, you know, and, and um, take the laundry up and down the stairs, you know, it, yeah. it's good for you, but also be deliberate in your exercise, you know, and, and walking when you do Take, take along your husband like our lady did, you know, with St. Joseph, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and walk with that, with him and, and talk about the future and, and your hopes and dreams, you know, 
um, so that it, it doesn't always have to be like my workout for an hour or half hour, whatever it might be. Uh, our exercise can be in our everyday life and, and giving glory to God and, and doing things for love of him. So, but I just thought Our Lady definitely just in her everyday chores, giving glory to God, uh, it was more exercise than I probably will do in, in my lifetime. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You don't think about that very often. I've been, I've been going through, cause we're getting married on St. Joseph's feast day. And so I've been uh, kind of getting ahead on the, the 33 day consecration to St. Joseph. Um, and then I'm going to reset on the 14th and do it some of it, uh, you know, again. Um, but there's another book that I want to read through the heart of St. Joseph um, leading up to the wedding as well. But what's interesting that I've just learned about him is they talk a lot about how often we, uh, and Father Calloway thinks wrongly, think of St. Joseph as being old, you know, and it really comes from a, a great mother Angelica quote where she said, uh, you know, old men don't walk to Egypt. Um, and <laughs> right. just thinking about exactly what you just mentioned of, you know, they, they had to do, I mean, he lists it out. And then how often did he even living in Egypt have to go back to Jerusalem based on like Jewish tradition at that time. Um, and it's crazy. And it's like, there's no way he, like, we always see him as like 75, you know what I mean? Like he's got gray hair and it's like, who is this dude? Um, so it's really cool to think of St. Joseph being young, especially for us young men, I think to think about that yeah. because he does, I think so often get depicted as very far off and like yeah. very unrelatable. We, I mean, Mary probably was 14, 15, years old so if he was 21 that's old to her you know what i mean like right, you know, yeah. 22 so yeah he probably was in his young 20s that's it's not old whatsoever yeah. but you know maybe relatively speaking <laughs> right my my reasoning always made it maybe question it because of that they always talk about her being 14 15 i'm like why would he be unmarried at like 65 you know what i mean <laughs> and then at 65 if you're unmarried it's like why, why? I mean, yeah. especially at that right time, now. like that's like your life expectancy. You know what right. I mean? You're like, you're already like five right. years over life expectancy. That's like being unmarried <laughs> at 90 now and like finding a 15 year old. It's like, yeah, it's kind of strange. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I never really understood that, but yeah. it is so cool to think about. And I love the way you, you know, framed it and approach uh, fitness as making it a part of your daily life, because it's something that I had to really overcome in some of my childhood and things like that. I remember like I did one of the things that I just randomly remember about some of my family members was like, if you left something upstairs, it'd be like a big sigh and a big to do that you had to like, go back up and get it, you know? And I really yes. wanted to change that to be like, like, especially when I got like in really good shape, like, especially in my peak army days, I was like, I finally realized one day I said, you know, going up a flight of stairs is actually not that hard. <laughs> you yeah. know, like it's kind of good, especially yeah. if you're not actively going and doing some big workout. It's like, these are good things for me to do, you know, and exactly. to yeah, sweep the house and, and shovel the driveway. And some of these things that are kind of challenging, you know, because it's like, this is, this is good. This is good for me to be able to do this while well, there's still inconveniences and in times, you know, and things like that. But uh, yeah, taking the farther parking spot and just like being willing to walk around, the store or an amusement park or whatever it is, it'd be like, this is good that I'm a little sore, you know, that you stretch yeah. yourself a little bit because we do get so comfortable in our world today. But yes, just sit do. down. I sit in this yeah. chair a lot, <laughs> <laughs> you know, a lot, a lot. Yeah. Gotta get up booze sometimes. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah so. Especially after the military, I bet you a flight of stairs was nothing. Oh yeah. yeah <laughs> Even yeah. with the laundry basket, that's nothing right. compared to what <laughs> yeah. you carried. When yeah. I was peaking. Yeah, for yeah. sure. It was, it was definitely a, a low, low task, you know what I mean? Low, <laughs> low difficulty yeah. task. So yeah, really beautiful. Awesome. So then let's go to professional. Okay. So I um, thought St. Gianna Mola because uh, 
she was a physician. She um, she actually had a missionary heart. She her brother was a doctor, and he was um in Brazil, um, doctoring, <laughs> and, and um helping the poor in Brazil. She really wanted to join them there, but her poor health that she herself had prevented her from being able to do that. So she opened up her own practice in time. She was a um, pediatrician, but she also would take care of the moms and grandmoms that would come in to um, and. She had a very successful business uh, as, as a doctor, but I think what I loved about her is she didn't see it as business. She saw it as her mission, you know? So right. God didn't let her go to Brazil to become a missionary. So she stayed and was a missionary right there in her own hometown. That's awesome. Ministering to the children and their mothers and grandmothers um, in, her, in her town. So, yeah, I think, uh, I think it's real important for us to not look at our jobs as a career, but as our mission. Whatever yeah. it might be, you know, I mean, not all of us get to be writers or podcasters where it's so very obvious that it's a mission. Um, my husband's an electrician, right? But him going to work every day and not cursing when the guys around them are, you know, yeah. what, what a beautiful example that is. To, uh, really what big. a good Christian example. So, yeah, we all have a missionary field to go to and um, our jobs um, usually take us to that mission. So that's what I love about St. Gianna. Yeah, that's really cool. And I love, you know, I think to bring up St. Joseph once again, you know, I think one thing that that really that I really love about Catholicism compared to a lot of other Christian denominations, especially when you get into like the evangelical and uh, especially the evangelicals that dip even further into the like prosperity gospel and things like that. There's such a big focus on um, like work being bad, you know, like as, as though you're supposed to live this like prosperous life where you never have to work hard. And we really do neglect a lot of these saints, um, and especially St. Joseph, obviously, the beauty of his work, um, but also even like the beauty of like working with parenthood. I think like along with that prosperity gospel kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier, where it's like you wouldn't have eight kids because even if you were like prospering, there's no way to not work hard with eight kids, right? Uh, <laughs> Ten kids, nine kids, seven, you know, anything over, I mean, anything more over than two, two, which is why I feel like they always stop at two, right? And yeah. so it's like anything more than two is like, and even I'm not saying that two or one is not a lot of work because they are, but um, there's no doubt that like having a big family is very, very challenging. It's a very a big financial commitment, obviously. And there's a lot of things that come with that. And so it's like, you wouldn't this like exhaustion. Like, it's just not like cool and sleek when you think of like, you know, the, the, the yuppies that your young urban professionals or the, uh, uh, I forget the, the acronym that they always give for the, uh, Oh, the wasp, the white Anglo-Saxon Protestants, you know, when you think of those people, like you just think of like this kind of like easy, like sleek lifestyle. And it is kind of, you know, it's not, it's not, pretty to go uh work and i'm sure there's work tough work when you're an electrician or when you're a mother of nine or yeah just some of these like working with your hands uh things but it doesn't have to just be working with your hands but you can view any job that you have as a true vocation and realize that you can be sanctified through it and that it's the the whole goal of working is not just to get to the point where you don't have to work you know, right. and you can start to view your week as like every day is beautiful. It's not just Monday through Friday suck until you can get to Saturday and Sunday until you can get to retirement. It's like, why not do obviously try to find something that is makes it easier to be virtuous. It makes it easier to be enjoyable, you know, but um, yeah, to really just view your work as, as mission work and not just money making like she did is really awesome. It is awesome. And it is important. It is very important to, I mean, when you're blessed to find a job that you enjoy, then praise the Lord for that. But wherever you find yourself, give glory to God. So, and and your job is the place where you probably are most hours of the day. Right. So you gotta, you gotta glorify God in that. So, 
yeah, He Leadeth Me, the book He Leadeth Me by Father Walter Chizak really uh, opened that up for me as well. You know, he talked about his work in a Siberian labor camp, you know, with the Soviet Union and just, uh, yeah, I mean, I experienced that on a one millionth, you know, of a percentage uh, scale with like being in ranger school, especially when I was a um, a recycle in the mountain phase. We had to do like, like he talked about like, like when they would give you pointless tasks to try to like really break you down mentally and physically. Um, and we would have days like full days where it'd be like three hours of like picking the rocks out of the grass, you know, it's just <laughs> putting them over with the other rocks. Yeah. Like, like really, really pointless stuff, painting the same thing we painted the day before stuff like that. And it's like, he, he just really framed my mind. Unfortunately, I didn't read the book until another year after I got out of ranger school. So I didn't have it with me then, but um, just painting that as like, no matter what you do, you can do it for the glory of God, you know? Amen. Um, is so powerful because yeah, I'm sure you've probably done some mundane tasks or some un, oh unattractive, goodness. unappealing work. I have <laughs> changed many diapers. Many oh, diapers. I can't even yeah. imagine what your stats are. I hope in heaven <laughs> they give them to you because it'd be fun to know. <laughs> you know how many? Uh, you do I don't know. I don't think I want to know. Probably <laughs> <laughs> not. That's a very good point. That's hilarious. Awesome. And then for a social, you picked St. Francis of Rome. So I've never heard of her. Either. Yeah. Oh, she's a great saint. You'll have to skip to that chapter when you get a chance. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so St. Francis of Rome, um, she married uh, someone in high society, an aristocrat. And this is a very pious young lady who really found fasting easier than feasting blows my mind, but she did, wow. you know? And so she's thrown into this lifestyle that really physically made her sick. And she was actually on in bed for days sick until eventually uh, she just, did, she really didn't want to do it. She did, she did not want to have to put on the party dress and entertain little old biddies and stuff, you know what I mean? She, yeah. And so she actually has a vision of um, St. Alexis who comes to visit her and he kind of sets her straight and she finally decides, okay, this is God's will and I just need to get up and do it. So, um, but God never asked anything of us without giving us help. And so her sister-in-law, Benoza, also was a very pious woman. Now, I, I imagine Francis was probably pretty much a pious introvert. Venosa, mm -hmm. her sister-in-law, was a pious extrovert. So that helps a lot. <laughs> um, so together, um, they were able to, to go to mass every day. They went out and performed charitable works. But Venosa also helped her navigate the waters of high society. So how, how to dress, you know, teaching her to do her makeup and such. And how to um, talk with these ladies who would come to be entertained and such. And keep that conversation holy, you know, not not partaking in the gossip and all that, but lifting up that those um, those conversations and such. So, uh, the fact that our Lord gave her a friend and her sister in law mm -hmm. to help her navigate that uh, and to be able to enjoy the things that she did enjoy doing, like charitable work and going to mass, it just to me shows how much God does really care for us that He gives us friendship. So that yeah. um, we can uh, find completeness in in another person that can help guide us through the trials of married life um, to 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 maybe correct us when we need to be corrected or encourage us when we need encouragement. Um, but so, like it says in Sirach, a faithful friend is a sturdy shelter. He who finds one finds a treasure. And when she needed it most, God presented her with her sister-in-law so that she could rise to her vocation and. Um, and do what he was calling her to do. Yeah, 
That's so beautiful. Yeah, to, to think about, I love, I love, I mean, one of my favorite, you know, Mysteries of the Rosary is like the visitation. Like, I love thinking about that. And I always try to pray for my, you know, virtuous friends and uh, people in my life who have helped me along the way. But just to think about uh, saints hanging out together, I think is like the coolest thing in the world. Or even just yeah. the people, like their friends that they must have had, who we don't know as canonized saints, you know? Right. Exactly. Because like, Venosa isn't uh, a canonized saint. Right. Uh, so, but she obviously is in heaven with her, you know? Yeah, she's I mean, probably I have up no there. Idea. Yeah. <laughs> if I had to put money so. on it. Yeah. <laughs> she probably yeah. made it. Yeah, it's so cool to yeah. think about, you know, just to think about being a fly on the wall in some of these groups. And I, I think of that too, like with like the, I forget what their their little group was called, but like C.S. Lewis and uh, all of his homies, you know? Um, yeah. I forget what they called. Yeah, their little, their little club that they had, but... Man, it's so cool to think about some of these great thinkers and, and people just like hanging out. Or, I mean, obviously, like the original uh, crew like this, the apostles, you know, yeah, to think the apostles, right, exactly. And, like Even the upper room room and stuff. Yeah. You yeah. know, um, we were watching that with the youth group. And, um, you know, the very first episode of, of The Chosen, maybe it's the second one, mm. um, where Jesus is praying. And it looks like he's, I mean, I, originally I thought he was experiencing the agony in the garden, but he's just really pouring out his heart so the youth group we were talking about what do you think he was praying about why do you think he seems so yeah. and it's before he had any of his disciples and one of the kids were like well maybe he's just lonely you know <laughs> maybe he's left he's left mother mary and he's out by himself trying to get a following and he's lonely yeah so, um yeah so we our hearts are made for others it's true for sure. That's so awesome. Yeah, man. Sometimes those high schoolers surprise you. you I, I, know? It's the truth. I tell you, they see things. <laughs> I mean, it's my third time watching it, and those kids are catching things that I. You never notice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. I it really want to cool. go back and kind of start from the beginning and watch it again because we, we've watched everything so far. Um, yeah. It, it is, it is, I'm sure, just one of those things where you do catch new, do more and more, more stuff. You do. Cause they do such a beautiful job of like, yeah, going so deep in some like the little moments, you know, yeah. I remember like when we first started, I was like, man, I could probably just do my podcast just on this, you know, like, yeah. if I wanted to transition, you know, yeah. I could do a podcast that just broke down, you know, probably three hours per episode of, <laughs> of the chosen, which is pretty cool, but awesome. And then financially you pick St. Margaret Clitheroe. Is that how you say her name? Yeah, that is how you say her name. So um, she uh, married a butcher and she would help him in his shop and, um, the, the customers of the butcher shop loved her. She, she never gouged them, fair prices. And if you were poor, you knew that there was going to be a little bit extra in, in the oh, cool. butcher. But so, um, and, and the thing about her is um, she lived during um, the, per, the um, English persecution of the church. So um, she would high priest in her home and such. Her husband was Protestant. She was Protestant, but she um, became Catholic and he didn't stop her, nor did he stop her from raising their children Catholic. Wow. Um, but the, the customers, when they would catch wind that um, soldiers were coming to search her home because they suspected they just could never catch her they, <laughs> because the customers were warning her. So her Protestant friends, her Protestant customers respected her so much that they would actually Help. let her know. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so that is a sign of a successful businesswoman, I think. When, when you're that respected, that your customers protect you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it's about it's it, it's about um, the finances, giving glory to God in all that you do. So she was using her money to help the priest. You know, she was right. using 
um, her money to help the poor. You know, she she made sure they they paid their bills. She made sure that the business was successful, but it, she was not lavish in the way she dressed. Or matter of fact, um, ultimately she will be caught. Uh, she kind of turns herself in mm. um, to spare her children. She walks barefoot wow. to, to her um, to her uh, execution. So um, really, yeah. Well, she she gives her shoes that she was wearing in prison to her daughter and said walk in my footsteps wow yeah that's amazing yeah yeah it's so it's so crazy to think about today you know i'm really interested in this and i've done a few podcasts on it and and like looked up some of the stats and things on tithing and i think it's so crazy to think about obviously you have like stories in the gospels of of rich people who you know like the rich young man who went away sad but like there was no like robust middle class you know this is one of the great things that i think america and democracy has really like kind of brought about um but to think of how like financially generous so many people have been over time and like the fact that like i mean just to think of like what even even if she was a success like even being a successful business owner i should say like the the amount of money that she must have given to the church to helping to protect the priests and all these things like or giving you know extra food away to the poor probably was a pretty substantial amount of like their profits you know, yeah. like I still doubt she was just, yeah. you know, like balling on the side, having, you know, like one butcher shop. Typically, you think of like those business owners in those times as having, uh, you know, like really kind of they were like just making it, but they were making it more than like most of the people. But they still weren't like, you know, what we think of today when you think of like an owner of like a successful company, you know, right, where right. you have some 5,000 square foot home and a vacation right. home. And all no, these yeah. They lived right on top of their shop. Right. Exactly. There were, and there weren't trips to Disney world with the kids, you know, exactly. I mean, like they, yep. yeah, they were hardworking people. Yeah. And, and still founded in them to, to give away so much more percentage wise to what we do today. Right. So it is really inspiring. I think those stories and those examples to think about. And I, I mean, she gave not just financially, but to think that she, she risked her life. You know, we won't usually risk our reputation for one another or for the sake of defending the truth. And here she is, you know, walking to her death. Um, very St. Thomas more like, you know, yes, obviously. very much. Yeah. 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 That's so awesome. So great. Love it. And then obviously I think you could have picked probably all of them for spiritual, right? Right. Absolutely. Yeah, really. I mean, cause that's so essential in becoming a saint, right? You need to have yeah. a spiritual act together, but I did pick one that I figured many people wouldn't know. And that's on um, blessed Maria Cassini. Um, she actually, um, was a very pious young lady too, and married a good hardworking man, Luigi. Um, but he, he wasn't necessarily pious himself, but after marrying her, that he begins going to daily mass with her and, wow. and watching her virtue, he becomes more virtuous himself, you know? I mean, he had a lot of virtues naturally, but he learned to, um, take those natural virtues and make them supernatural, right? So, mm. um, and they become the first couple that are canonized together. Pope John Paul II really? canonized the both of them together. Yeah. So, um, and then later on, we'll have Zelly and Louis Martin, but yeah. um, they they beat them. They <laughs> Luigi and Maria Cristini beat them. But this this is a family who um, um, she has a great story about her fourth child. But um, just for the sake of this, um, so they have four children and. So it was just a very um, Catholic home that she raised those children in. So you walk into their front door and there's uh, a picture of the Sacred Heart. And the family was um, consecrated to the Sacred Heart during the, her fourth pregnancy, which was a difficult pregnancy. Wow. So they prayed the evening rosary every night together, first Friday, holy hours together. Um, 
Maria and Luigi started a scouting um, group for the children in Rome, the poor children, like they went into, even though they live nice suburban type of, you know, um, mm-hmm. home, they went into the inner cities to the, where the poor boys would be to start a scouting group and took their kids with them. Like, you know, that you're going with us, you know? So, wow. um, and they, they started a, um, a charitable organization that would help elderly and handicapped people be able to go on pilgrimage. So uh, mm. and that still exists to this day. So um, this, this is a family that just really lived their faith. You know, it wasn't just yeah. um, going to church every day. I mean, they, they put it in action. And That's so, amazing. Yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful. I mean, everything about her really was about her faith. So the, she lived more recently. She died 19, let me, let me know, 1965. So, and, um, oh, wow. So she was alive during World War II. Like yeah. her home was always open to the poor, needy people who needed food. They would come to her. But during the World War, she found herself hiding and helping um, Jewish refugees that were wow. on the run. Um, and she was a nurse for the Red Cross. And, and so, I mean, she wasn't, I mean, she probably was in her 50s or 60s, you know, like 55 years old during the World War. Yeah. So about 60. So it wasn't like, she was, you know, you know, yeah, she was kind of old like me so <laughs> and it's still and still going strong so that's so yeah, awesome beautiful. yeah so. that's really cool Great. i'm hoping that the same thing happened to her husband happens to me you know that's yeah. what i'm going for with the yeah. the post let, 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 let emily pull you up <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it is a beautiful example of mutual sanctification yeah. you know just a beautiful example of that because that's what marriage is all about when we make each other holy so yeah for sure yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, you know, I always think about and, and tell people the uh, you you hear that like the like primary purpose of marriage, right, is to get your spouse to heaven, um, and it's like you you rather take an easy one, right? <laughs> yeah. to take an hard one. But some people definitely do. Yeah. Some people definitely do give yeah. themselves quite the challenge in that. And I'm like, man, I'm, I'm lucky that that God blessed you with an easy one. Um, yeah. So yeah, so that's awesome to hear. And it sounds like her husband obviously was, was blessed with the easy one too, but super cool that they they were the first canonized together. I didn't know that. Yeah, yep. First, first canonized couple. So wow. Paul II. He really wanted to do that because he, like you were saying earlier, recognized there are a lot of religious saints out there. We need to start yeah. getting some of these lay people to hold up to the majority of the church, right? Most of us are lay people. So right. and he really wanted uh an example of married love. And he yeah. it in, in them. So. Yeah. What, how beautiful. Yeah. St. John Paul II, like it, it just transformation, obviously, in the way that we approach marriage and think of yeah. lay living and especially in the time of, you know, Vatican II and, and a lot of like the Vatican II documents that um, promote, you know, uh, lay people just getting more involved and, and seeing their work much like these lay saints have of, uh, yeah, just getting more involved and, and risking your life and giving it all over to Christ and, and raising holy families. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that is, yeah, it's pretty amazing how much we, we have like the two greatest saints, right? We're kind of, you know, we're not priests and, and religious, right. Um, right. but we kind of, yeah. Ordinary, everyday mom and dad, right? I mean, yep. getting up every day, going to work, doing the chores that need to be done around the house. Yep. And they're the ones that changed the world. They, it's Mary and Joseph. Yeah. And they Absolutely. did what I did every day. Get up, change diapers, fix the meal, you yep. know, and because she did it for love of her family, for love of God when I change a dirty diaper, it makes me holy too, because I'm doing it for love of my family, love of God. And so yeah. our lady showed me the way to do it. St. Joseph's going to show you the way to do it. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and even though we're not priests or religious, we're called to be holy too. Right. So praise the Lord for giving us examples like the holy women in my book and St. Joseph. And there are saintly dads. Maybe that'll be the next book. So um, <laughs> <There you> <laughs> <go>. <laughs> or maybe I'll let you do that. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Well, we got, I got to let the kids grow up, you know, first I got to yeah. have the kids and let them grow up. Yeah. Start getting some, some homework. You know, yeah. yeah you tell that plan to God, go ahead. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I was just like, hey, 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 give me some time, you know? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. That would be that would be a great book idea someday. Definitely something I would love to write about. So um, that's really cool. Well, Kelly, thank you so much. I mean, this has been mm-hmm. great uh, getting to learn. I've learned so much. I don't know if I've ever learned this much in, in a guest podcast as far as oh, like, actually learning things, especially about the saints. So uh, thank yeah. you so much in, uh, in yeah. sharing all of this. And again, for all the hard work you did behind the scenes that led to this great book that I know is going to be so transformational for many many uh, young mothers, young Catholic mothers out there. And thank you for including St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, who you know, and I know is a, yeah. a Maryland native oh, or not native, but yeah, uh, right there by the Mount. So yeah, she's one of beautiful my absolute spirit, favorites. Beautiful mountain, very holy. But yeah. you make sure you get that book to Emily. That's for her. For sure. Yeah. yeah you yeah, can yeah. read it first if you want, but make sure you get it in her hands. <laughs> I appreciate it. No, she's yeah. definitely seen it. She's very excited about it. And so Great. we're hoping that this will be the year that she becomes a mother. So uh, definitely pray for us in that as we prepare for marriage because we're really excited so um and you pray for my nathaniel he's getting married in june oh awesome yeah we definitely will very very nice italian catholic girl that's right yeah that's so amazing well great well thank you so much and thank you everybody who tuned in today if you enjoyed this episode highly encourage you to share it with somebody else who might uh, benefit from it obviously i think i learned a lot and i hope you did as well and we want to encourage you to, to subscribe to the Seeking Excellence podcast, follow us. And then we're going to have all of the links to the book and, and to uh, Kelly's website and everything attached in the show notes to this. So highly encourage you to go check that out. Great gift for others and obviously a great read for yourself to learn more about the saints and, and enter into uh, their lives and to draw them into your life as well. So thank you and continue to fight hard to be your best and God bless. <laughs>